the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They tore the roof off the house to lower their friend down to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. Uh, Again, many of us have friends and family members that we want to just get to the feet of Jesus, right? However we can, we want to get them to the feet of Jesus. We invite them to church. We share sermons with them. We send YouTube videos to them. We're just trying to get them to the feet of Jesus so Jesus can do what Jesus does. Have you ever been so desperate for someone you love to know about Jesus that you start doing crazy things for them? In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing a story about a group of people who did everything in their power so that their friend could meet Jesus. It looked unconventional and maybe even a little crazy. But there was a desperation that drove them. They knew that Jesus was the only person who could heal their friend. Not only did Jesus heal this friend, but he also saved him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 9. We're also going to look at Luke chapter 5. So if you want to go ahead and find that in your Bible, Luke chapter 5, that way you can turn there when the time comes. Matthew chapter 9, Luke chapter 5. We're in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 9. It's where we left off. And it says, so he got into a boat and crossed over and came to his own city. And then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, Be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth, or authority, to forgive sins, Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. And so he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, Many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the gospel of Matthew. It's so wonderful going through a gospel again and looking at the life of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Matthew's gospel, remember, it's, it's not written in chronological order or sequentially in order. Matthew instead gives us a compilation of miracles that Jesus performed that demonstrate his deity, that he's God, and his messiahship, that he is the promised messiah from the Old Testament. Back in chapter 4, Matthew told us that Jesus traveled throughout the Galilee teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, and healing all manner of sickness and disease. And what happens here in chapter 9 that we come to today in verses 1 to 8 of chapter 9, what happens here was the direct result of one miracle in particular, the cleansing of the leper. Back in chapter 8, verse 1 to 4, we had the cleansing of of the leper, if you remember that, that was a messianic sign. It was something that the religious leaders of Israel, of Judaism, taught only the Messiah can cleanse a leper. And when the Messiah comes, he will cleanse lepers. And that's how we'll know when the Messiah is here. If you look back in chapter 8, verse 4, after Jesus cleansed this leper, In verse 4, Jesus sent the cleansed leper to the high priest at the temple in Jerusalem to make the appropriate offering, Jesus said, as a testimony to them, as a testimony to the priests, that the Messiah is here, that the Messiah has arrived. So now in chapter 9, verse 1, it, it says that Jesus crossed back over the Sea of Galilee. Remember last week he had gone over to the side the other side to Gadara where he cast the demons out of the two men. Now he comes back over to his city, his own city. That was Capernaum. Jesus was living in Capernaum at this point, probably with Peter. Here in this passage, he's teaching in a house in Capernaum. Again, it's probably Peter's house. And chronologically, this takes place right after the cleansing of the leper. And I want you to turn over with me to Luke chapter 5 so that we can look at the parallel passage in Luke chapter 5 because Luke gives us some important details that Matthew doesn't include. Again, Jesus has cleansed a leper. This is a clear sign that he's the Messiah. He sends the cleansed leper to the temple in Jerusalem as a testimony to them. And now this is the next event that's recorded for us. And in Luke's account, Luke chapter 5, in verse 17, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, look what it says, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of, look, every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The cleansing of the leper 
triggered an investigation by the religious leaders of Israel. And so now religious leaders from literally every town in the country of Israel have have arrived in Capernaum to investigate Jesus. To determine, is this guy the Messiah or not? And so in this story of the paralytic, the house is filled with Pharisees and scribes from every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. You know, from all over the country now, the religious leaders show up in Capernaum and they're there in that house. Uh, Mark's account tells us the crowd was so large it spilled out of the doorway so that no one could get near the house. The house that it has a flat roof. Uh, the roof was made of clay and, and sticks. Again, looking at Luke chapter 5, look at verse 18. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. So these four men showed up at that house carrying a friend who was paralyzed. They're carrying him on a bed or on a mat, and they bring this friend to Jesus so that Jesus can heal him. And by the way, we can bring our friends and our family to Jesus through prayer and bring them to Jesus through prayer. We can carry people to Jesus. They get to this house, and because of the crowd of religious leaders that are there, they can't get into the house, so they went up on the rooftop. And I want you to think about that for a moment. They go up a flight of stairs carrying a person. How hard was that? They get up on the roof. They ripped the roof off of the house and they lowered the paralyzed man down through the roof to the feet of Jesus. Now, go back with me to Matthew chapter 9. If you look at verse 2, it says they brought him, they brought to Jesus a paralytic lying on a bed. And look what it says. When Jesus saw their faith, when he saw the faith of the four friends of the paralytic. The four friends had faith in Jesus. They believed that Jesus could heal their paralyzed friend. They were so convinced that Jesus could heal him that they tore the roof off the house to lower their friend down to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. Again, many of us have friends and family members that we want to just get to the feet of Jesus, right? However we can, we want to get them to the feet of Jesus. We invite them to church. We share sermons with them. We send YouTube videos to them. We're just trying to get them to the feet of Jesus so Jesus can do what Jesus does. And that's what these four friends do. And so they lower him down. And Jesus said to the paralytic, son, or literally, my, my child, it's, it's a term of tenderness that he uses here. My child, be of good cheer. Look what it says. Your sins are forgiven you. 
Now, if you're taking notes in your Bible next to that verse, you can write, what? That's not why they brought him. These four friends, uh, obviously, they, they brought the paralyzed man to Jesus so that Jesus could heal him of his paralysis. When they hear Jesus say, your sins are forgiven you instead of arise and walk. I'm sure they were confused, maybe, maybe disappointed. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Everyone in that house and standing in the doorway and looking in the windows, everyone there expected Jesus to heal this man and work a miracle. As soon as they saw the guy's condition, everyone thought, Jesus is going to heal this guy. If you and I were there in the audience, when this guy gets lowered down through the roof, I would say, hey, watch this. Jesus is going to work, work a miracle. He's going to heal this guy. This dude's going to get healed. Watch. This never gets old. I love it when he does this. Just watch. And everyone would take their phones out to video because you can't just live in the moment. Jesus is working a miracle. Instead of just watching it, you've got to film it, right? But instead of healing the man, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Now, now we would look at this man and all of us would say his greatest need is to be healed of his paralysis. Jesus looks at this man and says his greatest need is to have his sins forgiven. Which shows us our greatest need is to have our sins forgiven. More than any other need we may have. Maybe you've come here to church today and you've got some really big needs in your life. And and they're real needs and they're serious needs. But your biggest need is to have your sins forgiven by Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. If Jesus healed this man of his paralysis and then the man later died without his sins forgiven, his soul would be lost for all eternity. Jesus even said, you know, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? But in the end, he loses his soul and he goes to hell forever. The Bible says we all sin. All of us. Isaiah 53 says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned every one of us to his own way. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. And our sin subjects us to trouble and to emptiness and to a lack of peace. And to eternal hell if we don't repent. Jesus forgives our sins. Through his death on the cross and his resurrection. He says, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Now, this word forgiven here. It it means to send away. He sends away our sins. Isn't that wonderful? 
Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 43, 25 says he is he blots out our transgressions and he remembers our sins no more. Now, you probably remember your sins. I know I remember my sins, not all of them, but some of the big ones, some of the great regrets. But God remembers our sins no more. All of our sins are blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. The record in heaven is erased. The forgiveness of our sins is God's greatest gift because it meets our greatest need. Now, it was no accident. It was no accident that Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you with all of the religious leaders of of Judaism sitting in the audience. If you think about all the miracles that we've seen so far in the Gospel of Matthew, people that are in need of healing are brought to Jesus and Jesus just heals them. Here, though, he doesn't just heal the guy and send him on his way. Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven you with all of the religious leaders of Israel sitting in the audience. This is intentional. He has all the leadership of Judaism sitting in front of him. And he drops this bomb on them. They're there trying to determine, is this guy the Messiah or not? And now he says this, your sins are forgiven you. The Bible is very clear that only God can forgive our sins. Our sins are against God. Our sins are against his commands. And only God can forgive our sins. And with this statement, Jesus spoke as if he's God. Only God can forgive sin. So only God can say something like this. Now, it goes even it goes even deeper than that with what Jesus says here. Jesus spoke in Hebrew. And the Hebrew form of the phrase, your sins are forgiven you. When Jesus says this, he says it in Hebrew. The Hebrew form of this phrase is used in only one section in the Old Testament. In one section, it is used only in Leviticus chapters 4 through 6. And I know that you know exactly what Leviticus chapters 4 through 6 talk about, right? So now, you know, bombs are going off in your mind. I know you don't know what Leviticus is talking about. Leviticus chapters 4 through 6 describe the sin offerings and the trespass offerings. And that's, that's the only place in the Old Testament that this phrase appears in the Hebrew and it's, and it's used over and over and over and over in those chapters, nine times in fact, and it's only used to describe God forgiving sins. It'll describe the offering you can make for a sin offering, and then it says, and God will forgive you of your sins if you do this. And then it describes another offering, and he will forgive you of your sins if you do this. And another, and another. And it's the same phrase in the Hebrew that Jesus uses here with this man. He used the same phrase For himself in front of all the religious leaders of Israel who know the scriptures, they know Leviticus four to six. They've memorized it. They're experts in the law of Moses. And they all caught the connection that he's making here. They all caught it. They understood Jesus was asserting that he is God and he has the authority to forgive sins. So in verse three, it says at once. 
some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. They say it within themselves. They don't say it out loud. He blasphemes. They thought Jesus committed blasphemy because they didn't yet realize he's God. Only God can forgive sins. And he just said. He forgave this guy's sins. Now, blasphemy was a serious offense to the Jews. A person guilty of blasphemy received the death penalty. Uh, you're taking notes, Leviticus chapter 24, verse 16. Leviticus 24, 16. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him. So this is a pretty heavy accusation that the scribes are making in their hearts, not out loud. Now it says, but Jesus, look what it says. Knowing their thoughts, that's omniscience, which is also a characteristic of God. God is omniscient. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he knew what they were thinking. Did you know that Jesus knows all your thoughts? Now, that might comfort you or that might scare you. Hebrews 4.13, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. First Chronicles 28.9, the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. He knows our thoughts. That's why we should walk in the light with him. Nothing is hidden from him. And so verse 4, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? Again, that's something only God can do. For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk? It's easier to say your sins are forgiven you because there's no visible way to show that your sins are forgiven. If I say arise and walk to a paralyzed person, they will either arise and walk or not. And you will know immediately if I have the power to heal a paralytic. And so it's easier to say your sins are forgiven you. Now watch what he says in verse 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man, remember that's a messianic title from Daniel chapter 7. We talked about that but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. So Jesus now demonstrates that he has the power to both heal and forgive sins. And look at verse 8. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled. And look, they glorified God who had given such power to men. The multitudes that were there glorified God, recognizing that this miracle could only be done by God. and That God has given Jesus the authority, the power to not only heal, but to forgive sins. And by the way, healing of a paralytic is also a messianic sign from the Old Testament. Again, if you're taking notes, Isaiah chapter 35, verses 4 to 6. Listen to what it says. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. That's what Jesus said to this paralytic. 
Son, be of good cheer. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.